back to Descartes Pod. I'm Jenna, and if I sound a little raspy, it's because it's the morning time. It's nine o'clock in the morning, and I am here podcasting in a dark bedroom with a cup of coffee, no booze, mm-hmm, and uh, yeah, just getting it done. But I, it's the fourth, um, and I'm not a patriotic person, as I'm sure you can <laughs> have guessed and have known as you've gotten to know me over the years, but it is a American holiday for better or for worse. And I knew I was not going to be able to get anyone who was available to podcast with me. And then also last minute, a friend invited me to go to the river, which if you also know me, that's like my dream is just to go to the river all the time. So I set an alarm, got myself up early this morning so I could still podcast because I still believe in giving you guys a recap whenever it is humanly possible for me to do so. So that's what we're doing this morning. We're just going to chat a little bit, catch up, little coffee talk. What are you guys drinking? I'm drinking black coffee. If you're ever trying to date me or anything, I drink my coffee black and hot. So let's see here. There isn't really much to report in Bachelor Nation as far as gossip. I just like did the little rounds and looked around and really everyone's been pretty chill. Like there's still discussion going on regarding the Bachelor podcast, you know, franchise owned podcasts and their shakeups. But at the same time, it's calming down in the sense that just like I expected, there would be literally no fanfare for the new podcasts and like the the new configuration of bachelor happy hour because no one listens to these podcasts and yeah anyway not that my podcast is a shining beacon of perfection but it's just very very silly but i did want to talk about some pop culture stuff so Listen, it's so fucking funny. I have never heard of Miranda Sings slash Colleen Bellinger until last week. Literally, I'm 30, almost 38 years old, and I had never in my actual life seen this woman, like legitimately. Now, admittedly, I'm not a YouTube girly. I did not like grow up on the app. I have obviously spent time on it. I try to watch like little documentaries and little recaps of things when I can, but I am more of like a podcast person. Like I prefer putting a podcast in my ear and doing things around the house or even just looking on my phone while I listen to a podcast. But the act of like having something on a screen that I'm supposed to watch is hard for me. Um, I've never really been, I'm just like not a sit down watching TV or video type of person where it's long form. Obviously TikTok has rotted my fucking brain and I am now like, you know, uh, yeah, short, short attention span, which is just like horrible, but I'm starting to do more about YouTube and like knowing that I can just have it on in the background and I don't necessarily need to be watching it for some of the videos, right? Long story short, I finally saw last week when somebody posted about this 10 minute, you know, ukulele apology. I was like, oh, that sounds really weird and fucked up. Let me finally figure out what Colleen Ballinger is because I had seen the name floating around on Twitter in the weeks prior, but because I literally didn't know her name 
I just like, I did that thing where I like just didn't even read the tweets. Like had I read a single tweet probably in the weeks prior, I would have maybe been interested in it. But all this to say, I did my research. I am now so thoroughly deep in the Colleen Ballinger scandal and I can't stop. Something is wrong with me, y'all. Like, I can't fucking stop. Um, it's weird because, like, I don't care. I don't, like, I don't, I've never been, like, a Trisha Paytas person. I've never, like, I was, I'm, like, I'm not a YouTuber, you know? Like, I, but I have no, no, that, that is no shade to the people who are because I find it endlessly, like, fascinating, entertaining, and I can, like, fully fully understand how it is something that you could get into really easily and be like and know all the characters and be really into all the different various of drama like it's very much if anything what I've learned through this Colleen Ballinger thing is that the parasocial element of it is so strong with youtubers that I'm actually like deeply scared of how intense it could be in in my experience with like bachelor nation right <clears throat> like it's so hard not to have a parasocial relationship and have unhealthy ones with people in bachelor nation i can only imagine youtubers and so all that to say is i think that she is a groomer at full stop like colleen ballinger is a groomer grooming does not have to include anything that is of sexual like nature per se or doesn't have to have the end goal in fact by the definition it's not an end goal is just to have some kind of sexual encounter the end goal is abuse the abuse of a minor and she abused and groomed multiple minors um and you know the one in particular who's come out uh adam mcintyre it's really quite disturbing, all of the allegations and the history for him. And then this other guy named Johnny, who part of his time with Colleen, he was uh, technically an adult. He was like in his, he was 20, but he did know her and become essentially groomed by her when he was underage. Not to mention the fact that this woman had group chats with kids, you know, ranging as young as 12, um, private group chats, not monitored by parents, where in which she did have inappropriate and verging on like fully sexual conversations. And there's this weird tampon video that was like, oh my God, all of it is so upsetting. And I guess my point that I want to say is I'm deeply disturbed. Like, I think that's why I can't look away is once I've realized what this means as far as like, there is such a ripe ground for people who do want to take advantage of children within the YouTube community because the general audience typically is young for a lot of these people. Even if it is like somebody who's 17, it's like, it's still young and you know how I feel about inappropriate age gap things. Like I still think it's inappropriate if there's like a 20 year old who's being, you know, made to feel like they're this inner circle for a woman in her thirties. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, I, 
where my nuance comes in is to I do believe that probably Miranda has been like abused and like has had trauma herself or Colleen rather and she is acting I don't know actually I feel like that's giving her too much grace I I think she's a twisted dark woman and she needs help in her apology I'm putting that in heavy air quotes was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life like it's truly even if you don't know any of the situation I recommend watching the reaction video from her um, victim Adam McIntyre he does a really good job at breaking down he has many many videos of breaking it all down I literally have probably watched like 15 hours of content on this scandal from various channels um, I can recommend a couple. There's a woman on YouTube named Swoop. She does like documentaries. That one I highly recommend. It's two and a half hours long, but it will give you like literally everything you need to know for context. Like truly, she goes into like Colleen slash Miranda's like history, everything. It's really wild. But also if you want to just like kind of briefly do it, you could watch Adam McIntyre on YouTube. He has a video where he's reacting to the apology live and he provides like some context so that one's like kind of a shorter easily digestible one if you want to get into it um moral of the story don't be a fucking creep with your underage fan base and take advantage of them and make them do free labor free labor this kid was making content for her oh my god it's absolutely wild and then for her to have the audacity to be like my my uh, content isn't for kids. You had a fucking kid making it. What are you talking about? You psychopath. Fucking psychopath. Okay. Next up is it is Speak Now week and that means on this Friday, <laughs> Taylor Swift is coming out with uh, Taylor's version of Speak Now and everyone's excited about it. I will be camping so I'm not sure. I think my friend and I were going to download the music morning of so we can listen to it while we're camping without cell service. I'm really worried that Taylor's gonna do something really gay this weekend and I'm gonna miss it but such is the life of a gay Portlander that has to go camping or she will perish. The I, I will say because I am a new Swifty I was not around for Speak Now era OG and the times I've tried to listen to the album all the way through it's 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 a little cringe. It is camp. I will say that it's very camp. And I, because I am a disgusting gayler who doesn't believe in like anything that this woman has ever done that isn't like made for the press or the PR of it all. I have a hard time listening to the album and not seeing literally all of it just be like fake, <laughs> but not fake in a bad way. Fake in a like in a camp way. Like she's performing the idealized concept of being a young woman in her 19, 20, 21 age who's like a hopeless romantic and learning to find her voice. And so like all of that's great. Like there's literally nothing wrong with that. So I'm like, I I get its purpose and I like it and I'm excited to listen to the, the newer version of it um, with like more deeper understanding uh, and to see where see what songs I really love you know we'll see um definitely interested to see how the John Mayer of it all comes about because he 
has been proven to be a piece of shit and will speak out, <laughs> speak now. And Taylor literally told her audience at one of her recent shows in front of 70, 80,000 people said, uh, please be nice on the internet and don't harass people you think I wrote a song about one million years ago. Sorry, one million years ago. And it's like, girl, just tell us it was all fake. <laughs> oh my god. DM me if you want to hear more about my thoughts on how a man named Martin Johnson is actually the real muse of Dear John. LOL. Everyone hates me. Okay, let's get into Charity's episode. Week two, y'all. Week two. You know, obviously every season, week two and three are, you know, a little slow in some regards, but we're building narratives. That's what we're doing here, folks, is we're building narratives. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that the show, that this time part of the season is still important, even if it at times is like a little like, okay, what is happening? Uh, but it's going to stack up and make an overall arching whatever. Plus, we start to see where the relationships are forming and where the show is trying to lead us with like giving out first one-on-one dates and all of this stuff. It's also an opportunity for the show to really like play in space with cheesy group dates and sports group dates because there's still a good amount of the men there right? Which I also find interesting. We did only start off with 25 men for charity, which is a little low than typical. I mean, obviously back in the early 2000s, the show started off with a smaller cast of people, but over the years it's grown. I mean, I think Hannah Brown had like 32 men. So that's a little suspicious. Um, but at the same time, I'm not mad at them having less people because I feel like I can under, I can like get to know the men way more. And even at 19, we started with 19 this week. I still don't know some of these men. Literally, I've never seen some of these men in my life. Literally. Tanner? Who was that? John Henry? No. Couldn't. No. No, thank you. Uh, so yeah. Oh my God. My friend just texted me. They said, I just got my notice that my Speak Now vinyl has shipped. Okay, well, maybe we'll be able to listen to it before we go camping. Or we'll just bring a battery-operated uh, record player. Those exist, right? So we start off the week um, going, we're going to have uh, one one-on-one -on -one date and two group dates. And there, it, this, Jesse comes into the mansion. He's like, hey, bros. Who wants to, you know, sword fight? That's a gay reference. Uh, and all the men are like, eh, maybe later, Jesse. But Jesse hones in on one Brayden. Brayden. I don't know his last name. And Brayden is wearing an ugly scarf and even uglier rings. But it works for him, I will say. Because... Do you remember when Nick Vial used to wear scarves on the show? Those were so bad. And it did not work for him. It didn't work for him. I, it's just really could not. I am so excited to see if Nick starts wearing earrings. You know, like, 
he's one step away from getting his ears pierced in order to try to like appear to be like this bad boy that we know Natalie is actually interested in because she liked, um, what's his name? Ryan Gosling in Crash, I think is the movie. Uh, and that's why Nick got a bunch of tattoos in the span of two weeks. So we, Jesse's like, hey bro, you look stupid. Why are you wearing all these things? And Brayden's just like, that's who I am. <laughs> it's really quite silly. Um, all the men hate him. Just right off the bat. I am curious to see. It's hard to tell right now if Brayden has any allies in the house, but I imagine there'll be one or two that'll like pop up because there always is like an ally of the villain, the early villain. Because obviously I don't think Brayden's going to be the big bad throughout the season. He's very much a Bennett. It's like I, I was texting Connie last week and Connie was like thirsting over Brayden. Like, okay, me and Connie were thirsting over Brayden. And we found out he has like a military background and we're like, yuck, 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 yuck. But at the same time, it's like, dude, are you Bennett? <laughs> I don't know. There's like this pretentious, like pretty boy aspect to it that I just think is funny. And Bennett wasn't that bad of a villain. He was just annoying. So anyway, it's, it's, it's leading into that. So then uh, we get a first one-on-one -on -one date. It is with Aaron. And Aaron is the man who came out of the limo and had, he was first out of the limo actually. And he had a double-edged uh, coin that he flipped for charity. And so he's that guy, a uh, gorgeous man. They go in a little convertible to the Hollywood Hills and they go literally to where the Hollywood sign is. It's the 100 year anniversary of that. And the 100 year anniversary of continued fuckery in Hollywood, LOL. The Hollywood, which can just like eat shit and die. I was actually just interviewing somebody last week who's attended the writer's strike a couple times. And he talked about how horrible the conditions are for writers and actors. And just makes me so, so mad. If you are an actor on, I think especially an extra actor on a streaming show that is put on a streaming platform specifically that's like not like FX, like FX streaming. No, but it's like on a different streaming thing. You six months, you don't get residuals for your acting. And then after that, you get residuals. You get paid originally, right? But you don't get residuals for the first six months. And then you get residuals afterwards. But the concept with streaming is that everyone typically watches the show within the first six months of the fucking premiere of it. So these people don't get any streamings because who's going to watch whatever the show is, you know, jury duty or a league of their own after six months of being on air? Typically not. You'll maybe rewatch it if it's such a good show, but like, what are you going to do? Right? So it's just so, it's so messed up. Anyway, Aaron and her have a really sweet normal day. He admits that his coin was, um, a trick coin. Duh, Aaron. God, we're not stupid. Uh, <laughs> and then they go to dinner in a big, like romantic building. I always wonder where they find these buildings, but I guess LA is full of like old like theaters and churches that they just probably rent out to like add a table in the middle of whatever um and then we find out that Aaron's so Aaron's like trauma is that he used to be a piece of shit boyfriend 
I'm definitely curious to see what that is about. He says he just wasn't an active listener and he wasn't good at communicating. So he started going to therapy. Charity's wet for that. And I'm also wet for that because men going to therapy, please. I'm here for it. And then he says while he was on his journey to open up and be a better person, he's had a couple of girlfriends like treat him poorly and it made him doubt whether being vulnerable was really the way to go. But Charity assures him, of course, that being vulnerable is the way to go, which is not surprising considering she is a trained mental health counselor by degree. Uh, so perfect date. She's like smitten as hell. They have a very awkward dance in front of this woman Lauren something or another. I did not recognize her. And they dance and kiss and I'm ready to pack it up, folks. <laughs> I mean, he seems like probably one of the better men on the show and there seems to be no major red flags as of now other than like his supposed admitting that he wasn't a good partner at one point. But at the same time, he says he's been going to therapy, so I'm here for it. Next up, we have a group date. Do not ask me who was on the group date. Obviously, I know some of them. Aiden. Oh my god. See, this is what I'm telling you guys. I hate that we're at the stage where we have these names. So Aiden and Brayden <laughs> are on this date. Uh, the wrestler's on it. His name is Caleb, I think. He's one of 10 Caleb's on this show. Let's see. I think John is on it. Some other ones, but they go to the beach. Sun's out, buns out is the date card. And they're like, oh no, we're going to have to get naked. And it's like all of the men are freaking out. And like, that's what I'm saying. As far as like roses for everybody always talks about, it's just so, it's don't force people into compromising, you know, attire moments. That should be, uh, it's like, and what's the point? And what was the point? What is the point? To objectify their bodies? Listen, I don't, I'm not against the concept of being sexually objectified as a whole. Like we are, human sexuality is, you know, fluid and good. And I put my tits out all the time. Like I get it. It's just like, but they almost like they're doing it as a bit, as a joke, as a prank. And that's why I don't like, it's just so like, what are you, it's such low growl. Like <laughs> we made a bunch of people wear speedos. Isn't that like silly guys? Isn't that like so weird. We might see one of their testicles pop out. Oh my god, how embarrassing for them. And all while Yosef's daughter is at home watching. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just disrespectful. Speaking of which, the show says as much and is like, literally one of the dudes is like, oh my god, I can't believe we're wearing these while Yosef's daughter's at home watching. He says that to the fucking camera. And it's like, am I in assimilation? <laughs> I think I'm in assimilation. It's, it's just proof that they, the franchise stalks uh, meme accounts. I know this to be true because meme accounts have been harassed by the show. But also, it's just like, come on, y'all. But at the same time, I get it. They're trying to be funny. They're trying to bond with us. If you want to bond with us, let me interview people. Give me screeners. If I had screeners, do you understand how good this podcast could be? <laughs> do you guys understand? I 
could probably do video. I could like have on bigger guests if I had screeners. Listen, like the franchise is not getting rid of me. They should just play with me. Just like be friendly with me. Let's do this, right? Anyways, a dodgeball day. As far as like forced sports dates go, dodgeball is my preferred option. I guess the other one would be <laughs> tickle fighting. But <laughs> But that's just me personally. I, um, dodgeball is fine and good. And to be honest, like, I found myself definitely getting into it. Like, also, okay, so they have this smattering of audience standing around on the beach. And they, like, probably, like, 20 people. And they keep getting fucking pelted with these balls. And it's so fucking funny. And, like, Connie and other people were like, Oh no, these poor audience members that I'm like, I would literally give my left ass cheek to be one of these people. It's, I, cause it would be just so funny if I got hit in the face by these balls. It, like, Caden, Jaden, be, you know, through. No, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it is funny. I enjoyed that. It's, it's rare you see participation from the audience in that way. I would have fucking grabbed one of those balls and just whapped it at Caleb's head. Be like, shave your fucking goatee, you weirdo. Anyway, the green team wins, even though the pink team was also pretty good. Aiden was on the pink team. He is, he is an attractive man. Um, and probably like the biggest, um, of the men like muscle wise charity gives him the mvp trophy even though his team loses but that means he gets to go to the the um after party later which is where we start to get the drama with brayden just being an asshole and being just like a cocky dick which is like literally what always happens when you get first impression rose and you are a cocky dick right sometimes first impression roses go out to people who are not like extra and those ones are it's chill like there's usually a little bit of drama because they do feel validated by the first impression rose and that can cause some drama later on interpersonally usually within the couple like they get jealous because they see her or the lead doing other things with other people but when it goes to people who have like already the ability to be cocky which this man brought at least 30 pairs of earrings in his suitcase you're only allowed to bring two suitcases to the mansion and you know he like there's probably an entire rolled out jewelry like case and i respect it but anyway obviously this man has an ego and he's gonna use it so he starts just like out of nowhere talking shit about the other men and how aiden shouldn't have gotten the mvp because like uh caleb the wrestler wrestler was so good like could you not try to like can we just let this black man like have a fucking vip trophy like what is your deal it's so weird and like unnecessary uh and i really started to change my opinion on brayden just from this moment alone do you see what i'm saying like the other stuff is a little bit eh, whatever but this moment I really feel like he is showing kind of his true colors with like why he would even just randomly start talking shit about somebody. That's the part where I'm like, that shows who you really are as a person. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, the men are starting to get annoyed by it, but nothing comes from it. Second group date, 
again, don't ask me the men other than I do know Warwick goes on it. Spencer, Joey, Danton, maybe a couple others. Uh, well, obviously a couple others. Um, and they meet up with Gay Chell. Gay Chell's back. I can definitely tell they went into their old habits. Gabby took rain and was like, there's a camera? Yes, please. Rachel was a little bit more subdued, but sweet. And they're there to host a longest kiss ever on national TV competition. So I think that Sean and Leslie million years ago did this as well. And it was a world record at the time, maybe that they were going to break. I doubt this world record actually really counts for anything, but I think it's basically longest kiss ever on TV is the thing they were doing. And I got super triggered to when Carly and Evan kissed for a really long time in paradise and there was a bunch of slobber and spit like a bunch of nasty freaks and I thought that was like some kind of record that had been broken but I think it was for like uh, it's just like a local like competition and it was for spicy kisses or something so they had to eat the pepper and kiss each other I need to go watch that clip again but just, let's just say, never forget. And it makes me wonder where either of them are right now. I know last we heard Carly was trying to shade Evan on Instagram saying he just like broke up with her for no reason. I wonder if there was some infidelity. It's just interesting. Just interesting. So they, the men all have to answer like a series of like get to know you questions to prove like how good of a fucking kisser they are spoiler none of them are good kissers and they talk about like i they so they do the same where they're like talk about a favorite or or worst kiss that you've ever had and they all say sweet uh kiss memories i'm annoyed that the show didn't show us one of the men talking about a really bad kiss because I just love cringe stories. We do, we do, we have silly stories when we're dating or when we're out in the world. And so I just wished I had gotten one silly story from these men. Anyway, Joey, who looks like a better version than Greg, he is hotter than Greg, in my opinion. He is he's like oh i have this plan so he basically pulls a luke p but does it better where he's like oh i don't have a past kiss to talk about but i have a future kiss i want to talk about and it's me kissing this gorgeous woman wearing a sparkly dress which is charity and we're kissing for the longest on-screen time ever lol it was actually done really smooth i will say and then Sure enough, he wins and he gets to do the kiss challenge with her and they show us like the entire like three minutes of it. It's really disgusting. That would be like literally my worst nightmare. <laughs> Everyone just staring at you. Uh, but they kiss and there you go. The drama in the house happens in the form of the men coming home and telling the rest of the men what happened and Brayden decides that this is a bridge too far. How dare Charity do her role as a bachelorette? Does he not know that she's been kissing like literally most of the men, which I'm obsessed with? Get it, Charity? Charity? 
but he is like, oh my god. Well, and he's put off by the fact that it was like a really long kiss. And he's put off specifically too by the way the men are acting, which they're like, eh, say lovey, wasn't great, but like, what are you gonna do? And he's like, I would have been fucking pissed. What are you talking about? And he keeps saying this, like, I wouldn't have thrown a fit, but I would have not been happy. I'm like, sir. You would have thrown a fit? Like, I don't think men understand the differences in fits and not fits, you know? Like, it's, it's, like, I'm creeped out. I'm icked out. He also does seem to put this, like, weird energy on Charity that he's, like, if she is really taking this seriously, then she should be, like, I guess embarrassed by what she did, which is, like, again, this is her role. It was a group date with a challenge, you can be upset by the concept. You know very much well you would have been trying to vie for that at the same time. So, side note as well, Aiden has been telling Charity that he thinks there's men here who are like, lol, for the wrong reasons. And, i.e. here for vacation, which is like, I, I like Aiden, but like, sir, yes, I am here for a vacation. <laughs> I'm here for a vacation. I'm here to fall in love with a woman. I'm also here to maybe give, you know, secret hand jobs to the other guys in the house. Like, I'm here for that. So, anyway, he's like, they're here for spring break. She doesn't like that. But basically, Aiden is referring to Brayden. Even though Brayden thinks he's being so super serious, he is, he could be. He could be more serious. <laughs> we'll just say that. He purchased her at the barbecue cocktail party, which is so American. Uh, we get it, ABC. Go America. Uh, and then they have this barbecue and Brayden pulls her aside and is like, yeah, I just didn't really like the idea that like this date happened and like everyone was so chill about it and it really hurts me because... I'm really here for you and it bothers me that I have to like hear all this and she's just like okay dude whatever like I thanks for like letting me know and he, and he plays she's like oh I'm really sad that you're sad about this because he's playing it as like this really hurts me because I really have very very strong feelings for you and she's like, oh, don't do that. And he's like, no, no, no. It's, an, it's a great manipulative because she's like, I feel really bad. And he's like, no, no, I don't want you to feel bad. But he did want her to feel bad. Like, Jesus, like, that's what he wanted to do. So the men are getting really sick of it. But Aiden comes back again and is like, Charity, blah, 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 blah. This guy is like a clown and he keeps like, uh talking shit and he's really pissed about this kiss situation and he called it classless and charity's like uh-uh no thank you i do not like being called that word which is obviously very i agree with her we've talked about this before in the podcast classless is essentially a dog whistle for like um anti-black microaggressions or full-on aggressions to you know indicate that somebody is not acting a certain way by their class uh and she is like what and to the camera she's like you know it's interesting because Brayden told me he was vulnerable about his feelings and I appreciated that but when he was talking to me he did not use the word classless and I find that suspicious that he's using different words different bad words 
about me with other people. So we'll see how that all plays out. She gets frustrated and doesn't want to talk to the men anymore, which is like, yeah, duh. And then they're like worried about it. And then they find out that Aiden was the one that like talked to her and upset her by telling her this information. And now Aiden is the bad guy. All the men are like, you should have shut up, dude. Like, keep your mouth shut. And I'm just like, I mean, it's a little early to be <laughs> like telling on other men in the house. I do agree. I do agree. But we get the rose ceremony and Charity uh, start hands out, handing out roses and she does give Aiden a rose so I was happy with that because I don't feel like he should go home yet even though he was doing an early, you know, tattling on the contestant. But it was obvious that they're going to keep Brayden because they need him for at least another week worth of drama if not more. And they keep him, but it's kind of suspenseful or whatever. But I'm glad it wasn't like between Aiden and Brayden because, like I said, I just think that would have been bad when Aiden really didn't do much wrong other than being cringe a little bit in regards to how he went about telling Charity this stuff. But even then, there was a moment where Aiden was like, I trust you. And I know that you're smart and I don't even think he said trust because that implies like kind of a weird manipulation tactic. He was more like, you're super smart. You got yourself figured out. You know, it was in a complimentary way. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about your choices. She ends sending home two of the Caleb's, not the wrestler, but two of the other ones. I do not remember what they look like. A guy named Josh, who was pretty attractive, although I think he was the Harvard kind of pretentious guy, but he was really attractive and he seemed nice. And I felt like there was humor, like waiting to like burst out of the seams for him. And then, uh, this man named John Henry, who I've never seen in my life. Um, wait, that's a lie. My friend who really likes Ben Smith from Clacia season, uh, Emily M., she was like, oh, I think I need to start crushing on this guy instead of Sam Sam Smith because this guy is very cute. He's cute. He just looks like all-American and he looks like the guy, he looks like my high school sweetheart kind of vibe, you know, hotter than him, but it's triggering. And then she also sends home Spencer, which is so fascinating to me because it was such a hubbub last week. Unfortunately, it was like a lot of negative hubbub. Everyone was like calling him a sociopath, but I am just surprised that it didn't last long. But I guess I'm not surprised because his interaction with Charity was weird. Uh, last week, Ashley and I were like, we're going to reserve our full opinions until he does something like actually egregious other than being kind of awkward and oh I guess cheers we don't have to ever have any of that discourse again <laughs> unless of course he shows up in paradise which he probably will now that I said it I realized this man will definitely be on paradise uh yep yep single dad on paradise so it's interesting because he, oh my god, he has to be at Paradise right now because he has not been posting very much either. So they must have, like, he must have so many dignified, like, set up to post on his behalf. But he is 
not posting very much. Oh, that's so interesting. I just realized that. I'm going to have to start looking at some of these men's profiles a little closer because to figure out like who's on the beach and not because it's rare that it's like airing live when they're filming on the beach, which did happen last time. But like prior to that, that wasn't a thing. But last time it happened too. And that's how you got the situation of Johnny having gone to like third place with Gabby, but now is on the beach with Victoria and somebody else. No, I think he was just after Victoria. Oh yeah. And then Victoria's all mad at him because she's like, I had to watch you almost get engaged to Gabby, but we were together. It's like, this is a recipe for disaster. So I wonder which men are not being super active on social media indicates which ones are on the beach right now filming. So anyway, that's it for that. We see previews of the next week where in which one of the men who has a rose already does something disrespectful and Charity's like, I can clip that rose off right away. I can take it back. So I'm curious to see if she does. There is more drama brewing with Brayden and him not being here for the right reasons. And yeah, and it's, I think it's gonna, gonna be a good one. I'm excited to keep going down this journey. Like in about three weeks, it's really gonna hit its peak, I get I bet, because these first couple weeks, like I said, not a ton of drama, you know, or like salacious drama, right? And I, yeah, I will say Charity looked amazing. Oh yeah, so something I didn't do last week, which I forgot I want to keep doing this season, is doing like our roses and thorns of the week. So my rose of the week is that Charity looked stunning and really cute. She had this really cute green jacket for the first date during one of the group date um, cocktail parties. She had this pant set. It was like a crop top, tank top, and matching pants. So really like that black and white um, hound's tooth pattern. It was so cute. And I'm going to try to search out photos of it because I was like a big fan of it. And she looked really good in her other dresses. It really seems like her and Carrie Fentman are meshing together in a way that makes me really happy and hopeful for the rest of the season. I would say my thorn of the week was, let's see here, I guess it was the, the, the joke of usual of, oh my god, these men are in speedos, how embarrassing, coupled with the fact that the show continues to not have any body size diversity, so... It's just frustrating. That was like honestly the only part of the episode where I was genuinely like, <sighs> again, again, really? The rest of it was entertaining and I was enthralled by it. So, you know, all things considered, pretty good week too. Pretty good week too. I really appreciate you all being here as usual, listening into the podcast. If you have a moment to rate and review and you haven't done so, please do. And I hope that you also got to check out some of the other episodes I did this week. I did a Sex in the City episodes one through three recap. So fucking funny with Tori from Ready to be Petty. Honestly, not to like 
be too humble, but like I did some really good jokes on that podcast episode, so I really hope you listen to it. You can find it on this feed, it's the episode right before, or you can check out Ready to Be Petty with Tori. It's on her feed as well. And if you want my extended Colleen Ballinger thoughts and my Olivia Rodrigo thoughts, also check out my recent collab with Tori from Ready to Be Petty that came out on Sunday. Other than that, I'll see you guys next week. Bye! Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms. On Instagram and TikTok, it is at Date Card Pod. On Twitter, it's at Date Card Podcast. And you can email me at DateCardThePodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by myself, Jenna Vesper. And you can find me on at Jenna with a smile on Instagram and check out all my other fun projects I have. Thank you so much to Michaela Jane for our amazing artwork and find her at MichaelaJane.com. And a huge thank you to Jed Overly for our theme music. You can find him on Instagram at JeddyBoyJames. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it with your boss, share it with your mom, maybe an enemy. I don't really care as long as you share it. Okay. And maybe leave a review. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello, and welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. Oh. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.